What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome, everybody, and we have the amazing pleasure of having Duncan Trussell. Duncan, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Are you kidding? Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's a truly an honor and a pleasure having you back. It's so, it's so great, uh, the work you've done, because you've really pioneered spirituality and been successful at it, but done it in a way that really fits the 21st century, I think. Because uh, I was thinking, it seems the old ways, and let me know if you agree, uh, materialism obviously is failing, as we're finding out. But also mm. the old ways of religion aren't exactly doing the job, you know, ergo yeah. our society. But there seems to be a middle way that includes psychedelics, uh, parapsychology uh, and other things that uh, it seems to be working. Is that what you think you're doing? And Eastern spirituality is very advanced that it agrees with the mind. It agrees with evidence and it sort of takes this sort of inner journey. So would you agree with yeah. that? Well, I, what I'm doing is I, I'm, I just love having conversations about these topics. That's what I'm doing. I, 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 it's thrilling to me. And, you know, and I, I, it's like a fishing trip and uh, that you're taking with various like expert fishermen. And I don't know if you've ever been on a chartered fishing boat before, but it's the coolest thing. Gosh, I remember once going on this, my dad took me on this trip with this you know, award-winning fisherman. And like, you know, I'm out there trying to reel and fish. Can't catch a damn thing. This guy, just picks up the fishing rod and starts throwing it out and just pulling in fish like no big deal but <laughs> like i'm looking at like the method and like there's not much of a difference it's a fishing pole it's a line it's the same bait but the fish are going to him so to me that's a thrilling thing when you're fishing but even more so when you're with people who are like look let me start showing you some of these ideas that i've been studying that's what i love to do as far as like an intent other than that, you know, I'm, I don't really I try to avoid even thinking about that stuff. But to answer your question regarding like um, what's happening in the world regarding, you know, religion or, 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 or spiritual philosophies, I think it's just so exciting to be in a time where we do have a convergence of um, seemingly alien things all sort of finding their own way to fuse together and and that fusion i think is extremely beneficial for people who are being confronted with i guess you could argue it's the same problem that gets illustrated in buddhism but it's wearing a brand new mask you know with the buddhists did not have the option of tweeting 
Oh, I just, I just got enlightened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, we didn't, didn't yeah, have. Fuck that. Mara. He's screwing with me again. <laughs> Subtweeting Cancel Mara. Cancel him. Cancel yeah. Mara. Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so I think that like, uh, something maybe that, that can happen if people, especially if people are taking like a cursory dip into some lineage is there's a sense of like, what do I have to add to this? Where do I fit in here? What, what other than just like, you know, surrendering to an already thought out mathematical sort of descriptor of reality? Is there so, is there something I can offer this? And and I think for when for a lot of people get this, and, and it's and, and I think sadly in some lineages this is an this gets amplified. It's like you can't do anything. Surrender. You have not much to add other than your own surrender. That's not all of them. But I think for because he, we're exploratory creatures, you know, we need to feel like more than just sort of like, OK, it's all been figured out. I'll just bumble <laughs> through this shit and die. And, and maybe I'll, you know, somewhere in there, I'll do the right thing. That's a very depressing, uh, you know, way. What, what, that's depressing. Uh, but I think it's that's what happens when you just dip your toe in. I know, you know, and I know just from talking to you, you know, that when you get deeper into these things, there's a, a an invitation that but that is can be a little terrifying for people. It's like, oh no, this is participatory. You're not surrendering. You're like you've been called into into it, and now there's just more to it. And and also, I think there's a quality that Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche described. Uh, it, one way of knowing you've sort of stumbled on something real is it should feel like fresh baked bread. Mm you know, good and warm and alive. And that's how, you know, not stale, like old chewed gum on some sad roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. You ever have the issue? Uh, I interview so many people and I sort of suspend my disbelief and they all make good sense. They're, they're inspirational, but they're all different. And then after a while, I'm like, well, shit, what do I believe in? Because they all could be right or they yeah. all could be wrong. Or do I create a theory of everything? And then I'm like, oh, well, yeah. maybe I just just enjoy the ride. <laughs> As yeah. Bill Higgs said, enjoy yeah. the ride. <laughs> or Tim Leary, lift up your legs and float downstream. Yeah. I, and, you know, like, yeah, I think it's a sometimes it's time to lift up your legs and float downstream. Sometimes the water dries up. <laughs> you got to fucking walk. <laughs> the roller coaster ends. You got to get started. It's time to start walking, moving, doing something. But I know, I know what you mean. I mean, there is a potential diffusion and like get it, like in in hearing all of these wild ideas. To, but you know, if you if you start looking into the base of them, there appears to be some connective tissue. You know, the perennial philosophy and all that. Of course, yeah. Because it's like, well, you've got, uh, in your show, Jessa Reed is talking about this simulation and aliens. Then you got Jason Louv who's talking about John D. And you're like, yeah. whoa, they're all, but they're all amazing, all these guests. So it's, Ooh. and they've been on my show and they're excellent at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, there's, so I love Chukim Chupa Rinpoche and it's a little um, paradoxical that I'm going to tell a story about him not maybe advising people not to do something called spiritual hitchhiking, but I'm using him as a, the, the conveyor of the story, which maybe could be considered spiritual hitchhiking that I'm doing. But he, he basically said, look, this, we don't need to tether ourselves to this person's idea or that person's idea or this or that. These ideas are wonderful. And, and I, and I, and fr like from them, 
I can draw some rules of the road, but you know, ultimately I, I may, I, I apply Robert Anton Wilson's advice to a lot of these ideas. Let's maintain agnosticism when it comes to this stuff. Is it real? Is it not? Is it somewhere in between? Who knows? But uh, as a, at the very least as a form of sort of, I don't know, linguistic ping pong, it's delightful. But then I, I've noticed in these conversations, something happens uh, where like a, a kind of reversal of some entropic amnesia that creeps in to, to me from time to time where I forget the, the um, where I forget something to the point where it's almost like, you're like, wait, I know it's like worse than losing your keys. Cause at least, you know, you're looking for your keys. You know what I mean? This is like, wait, what was I looking for? I feel yeah, like I was you, looking for something. When you walk in a room and you forget why you even got, went into the room, like what, what the, I'm here. Yeah. 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 I, I and I think that's a, a, a spiritual uh, reality that, ha that happens in a human life is that we have these peaks of, uh, you know, where it's like, oh, right, of course. How could I have forgotten that? That's the, that's my soul. That's my connection to everything. And then we have those where you're just like, what was I, do? I know what I'm fucking doing. Should I get another <laughs> coffee? Do I drink too much coffee? Is yeah, that, I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know, is that, there water at the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so these conversations, they 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 could be invigorating and then sort of help me remem remember like what 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 for me is my connection to god you know and 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 that that for, it seems like your connection to the uh you know source of all things would would be uh a little would be easy to remember and yet for some reason it just it's it's very similar to trying to remember a dream you know it's a slippery yeah. fish yeah different language and you, you said agnosticism and it was interesting i was re-watching your interview with joe rogan and uh you guys were in the middle of the pandemic and your agnosticism to what was going on was so it was beautiful because you both had no idea what to do right. and i realized for those two weeks in a way we were all equal we were all just no matter how rich, what part of the country, we were just meat sacks that could be killed at any moment. Yes. This unknown enemy that seemed to be out there and everybody was sort of looking around for answers. Uh, yes. How, what has the pandemic taught you since then, since that agnosticism? What have you learned or what have you strengthened in your life through the whole lockdown ordeal? Ah, uh, man, what a cool question. I, the, you know, like, we need rules for the road that are not impacted by circumstance. You know, that that's the thing. Cause with this pandemic, we all experience, I mean, maybe not you. I, I think a lot of us experienced a hysteria, you know, it was an, an, an almost unavoidable hysteria just in the shotgun blast of disparate data streams. Some of them saying it was this, some of them saying it's that. Then those the people who are the the streams themselves fighting for control of like the truth of the of like we're trying to or grab the narrative, the narrative, the narrative. Who has yeah. the narrative? Yeah. So you you realize like um, 
how dangerous it is and to, as they say, build, do, do not build your house upon sand. And if your house, you, you know, if you, if, if, you know, you had even lightly decided that you were going to allow the media or, you know, the, whatever the particular truth, the, the thing that is giving, giving truth in your life from the world, if you had allowed that to be the fundamental source of truth, then suddenly you are going to be faced with a kind of like identity crisis because it's like, okay, but wait a minute. That it was that that appears to not be the whole story. Whatever it was, you know, it, it, you know, and, and and people don't want to accept that. They want to believe that no, it's MSNBC. That's where you're gonna get the real deep <laughs> shit. No, it's CNN. Yeah. No, CNN, that's gonna give you the real centrist story. I go to BBC, actually. That's gonna give me the real thing. No, if we're fucking talking about it, it's Tucker Carlson. He's not afraid <laughs> to tell the truth. It's Hannity. Tucker's a young pup. I need the bear of the Hannity bear to give me the truth. It's none of them. I'm gonna it's the CDC. It's not the fucking CDC. It's the World Health Organization. Well, no, it's not the World Health Organization. It's my understanding of uh, the way that um, goddamn silver. I, I silver is the answer. We have to, uh, you know, we have to drink silver, and then you know what I mean. But whatever it was, what would happen was you you realize that if you had lost your personal connection to the earth itself and reality and, and, and we're allowing other like other entities to marionette you. And, but now all of a sudden there was no cohesive marionette, but it was like, you're a puppet that's being like just seizured. You know what yeah. I mean? Then, then I think that you experienced what a, what a kind of breakdown, which I sure I, I did, even though I, you know, as an acid head, since I was in my, you know, teens realizing like, fuck, I don't know what the news is, but it's not news. It's like some other thing, you know, <laughs> you know, watch the news on acid, you know, and right away you're like, what is this? This is, why are they talking like that? Why do yeah. they dress like that? But, you know, uh, it still didn't help. It still didn't inoculate me completely for the sort of data vertigo that I experienced. And then suddenly it's like, Oh shit, I don't know how to grow food. You know, I, <laughs> you know, things yeah. like that fundamental primary. I don't know how to be, I, I need to be more stable as a, as a father and a husband. And like, I, I, I need to be able to like, I can't stay as calm as I thought I'd be able to stay when the shit really hits the fan, you know? And so that I think for a lot of us, there was, there was a, there was an invitation to reconnect with a more primordial data set. Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, when it happened, I remember like you feeling the anxiety and the fear and then all of a sudden something clicked and I said, whoa, 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 attack the fear and attack the anxiety. Look inward. Because it's this fear, as you know, in Dune, fear is the mind killer. And yeah. as we've learned with fear, you can do anything to the population. We can act in monstrous ways. And I remember just looking inward and seeing a whole universe of, uh, well, not fear, but issues that I had not dealt with and anxieties and really tracking them down. And uh, after about a few weeks, I was I was fine when it came to all this stuff. But yeah, like you, I felt like I needed to reconnect with the land. I needed to get back to bases and say, uh, life is short. I was thinking, 
I don't know how you deal with fear, but there was this Sufi. Uh, he's a well, he's a, a academic at the University of Cairo, Shem Freelander, but he's also a Sufi. And he says the way to be happy is to simply wake up every day and say, "Today I'm going to die, and there is no God but Allah." And I thought <laughs> that was a great way to start the day because this is pandemic virus. This is the last day of my life. Do something about it. And if I hate my life, I'll be like, well, it ain't so bad. I'm going to be gone at the end of the day. So things like that really helped. What about I love you? that. Oh, you know, I just interviewed a rabbi, Dr. Ben Epstein, and he was telling me that I wrote it down. It was such a he just slipped it under the door, too, in, <laughs> in the way a lot of these people do. It's such a beautiful thing. I just want to look it up because I wrote it down. Uh, um, I have to find is a really fascinating descriptor of. Here we go. Um, the way things are is the way God wants to be perceived. And it sounds it's so cool, but that yeah. the, the the so the it's like the, a koan. <laughs> yeah, like a koan, but you know, you wake up in the morning, and I think that's what he was saying too, is just like you wake up in the morning and it's like this is the way it is. Whatever the house you're in, family you're in, the body you're in, financial situation you're in, the sum total of all of it, this is not just the way things are, that's God. So suddenly you are in, even if the connection to the way things are is suffering, it's still a connection to the divine. And in mm -hmm. that, things become workable. You know, mm -hmm. instead of experience in Buddhism, it's called aversion. Um, so instead of like waking up and hissing at reality itself, you know, and 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 like finding yourself in there ridiculous, I would say a, a fairly ridiculous and absurd predicament of being in a wrestling match with all things, you know, that you're fighting against all things. At the very least, you're acknowledging like this is this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it is. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is it. And I'm part of that. This is it. Yeah, I mean, this whether is, you like it or not, this is it. And then from there, you could start work. You could start do. You could start actually. You know, there's a st an instantaneous stability that was always there, but it's easy to forget that appears. And in that, and a lot, that's what a lot of people just need. That a lot as a sense of like, fuck. You know, what I'm talking about those moments, and I've got two kids. I got a four month old. I got mm. a two and a half year old. And let me tell you. It's the most beautiful thing that ever happened to me, but my God, it's one flew over the fucking cuckoo's nest in the house sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, like you got you got one baby being potty trained. You got the yeah. other one who's like learning how to like sleep without his mom. And like, you know, and then on top of that, we're like finally getting around each other again. Our immune systems are not prepared to be right. So we're all getting sick all of a sudden. And then within that, there's just the family stuff. So if you get to... You know, you know what I'm talking about. I like know. It's, five kids. I know the drill. You have five kids. <laughs> I would, and I want. <laughs> I would. I would love more. I would love more. Honestly, I love that man. It is so beautiful. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. But my, but it is like, if you're looking for stability in the normal, in what I used to consider stability in my single life, which is like, I'll just like sit on the couch play god of war <laughs> go to bed you know what i mean you're not finding that 
There's not going to, yeah. so you, so we need a transcendent stability. And I think connecting to that wild, beautiful, holy chaos in a way of acknowledging this is God, this is where I'm supposed to be. It helps me at the very least reduce the aversion so that I can participate instead of running away. And that, you know what I mean? To me, that it's a useful, it's a, it's a useful thing to accept where you're at. That's where you need to be. Um, and I know it sounds chaos pretty. Is a ladder. Chaos, chaos is, is a ladder. ladder. Little finger, to, little finger in Game of Thrones. <laughs> chaos is a ladder. I fucking love it. Yeah, chaos is a ladder. It is. Yeah, and um, I was uh, wondering, uh, wondering, preparing, whatever you want to call it, and I was like, how did Duncan Trussell become Duncan Trussell? And I rewatched the Midnight Gospel last night, and again, I watched the last episode with your mom, and I, I got emotional and started crying because, of course, mm -hmm. I recall when my mom left, and with my mom, it was very sudden. You know, that horrible phone call you get. Oh, no. You know, you never forget that phone call and everything. But uh, I remember thinking, wow, your mom really was, what a, is, is, I think death, death is an illusion. What a, what a bright soul. And my mom was the same way. She was, she was a uh, very devout Catholic, but she had this spirit of uh, being ecumenical, which was what the church was in the seventies when it was more hippie. So yeah. we would talk about everything, Buddhism, reincarnation, yeah. Judaism. I mean, when we found out that my ancestors were Jewish, she wanted to convert. We went to like the, the oldest synagogue in Portugal, Lisbon, and we went there and then then she said, no, I don't want to convert to Judaism because uh, they're just as neurotic as Catholics and guilt-ridden. So we might as well stick to <laughs> what we know and keep Jesus. But, uh, yeah, your mom was incredible. She must have really informed your life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, yeah, we would, <clears throat> when things were going good, it was we were podcasting without microphones at the dinner table and having these conversations just like the ones we have during our podcast, you and I, mm. um, exploring all the possibilities. And like, she really taught me how to, how to have a conversation like that. And she was a therapist and she was so good at sort of holding a space where we could explore a lot of different ideas that, uh, and, 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 and so, yeah, that was a big part of it is having a person like that in my life who introduced me to not just some pretty cool ideas, but a way to sort of informally talk about them to the point where I just accepted that the conversations we were having, that's just how people talked around the dinner table. You know, I got, I took it that much for granted that I did. And, and, you know, God, it's so sad. You know, we, I miss it so much. And you, you, you know what I'm talking about, you know, like you would go and visit your mom, I'm sure. And then the conversation would start up and it was just like, wow, you would so wine would be poured. And, and suddenly we were just like having these heavy conversations it's a, it's a, yeah, that's uh, it was a huge part of it, and I'm thank you for identifying that. Yeah, and I mean the scene with the Ouroboros, of course, a very Gnostic symbol, was so powerful to me. It was so powerful. Just it was an incredible show, and yeah, it's still hard to understand because in the like the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus is having a conversation with uh, Didymus Thomas. Now, Didymus in Greek means twin. Thomas in Hebrew means twin. So Jesus is kind of having a conversation with his material self, his altar self. But he always says, 
Thomas, if you decipher what I have to say, you will not taste death. And in Gnosticism, death and ignorance are the same thing. And I believe that, that somehow death is an illusion and our perspective is off. But I get angry because I still, you know, you still, like you said, we miss our moms. We miss those who are not around. But we do know that we're out, we're there. Somewhere we're having this conversation at the dinner table. Somewhere she's holding yeah. us again like when yeah. we were children. But we're just not there. And it's it's infuriating sometimes. And dreams are great. When, I, when my mom is in dreams or my brother who died, some they're the most amazing experiences because they are there and I'm feeling I can feel their essence. Uh, yeah. So God. yeah, death, uh, death and loss. Well, I I you know the I think that's it's such a if you really want to talk about like taking things for granted and I I certainly took my mother for granted and those conversations for granted in a good way. I mean, what are you going to do? Like the whole time, like cry, cry at the table. Cause you know, they're going to die. You wouldn't be able to talk, but, yeah. um, and also I do think I, what is it saying? The Bhagavad Gita, the wise mourn neither for the living nor for the dead. Oh, and, I love it. Woo, that's a powerful love one. It. Um, and, it, and, but I do think one of the things we take for granted is death we assume we're going to die. It's told to us by a lot of the great teachers. You're going to contemplate death. Meditation is the preparation for death. Mm -hmm. the, the other day, just to like activate my re to reconnect with my own death. I'm looking up the process of rigor mortis, you know, really getting into the, like the, the Buddhists would sit next to the, uh, in, you know, in graveyards and watch bodies decompose to wow. so that there was no, feeling of like it's not gonna happen to me it's like no you need to look that is a body that within it there was just like you a person who had a mama and a daddy and a brother maybe a sister kids who loved and had success and gain and loss and look at them now they're 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 going through this period of like rigidity followed by like you know relaxing permanently followed by rotting and um and so it was an exercise to not get too caught up in the permanence of the uh, of the body vehicle but here's the problem it's just the body like that that was the other piece of it i think it wasn't just like look you're going to fucking die it was like that's just a body that's not them anymore is that them anymore anytime you've been around a, a, a dead body it's like that is the body they were in, mm -hmm. but that's not them. That's like a mannequin now that's made of, you know, flesh, but mm -hmm. that's not them. It has the wrinkles that came from their sum total of their experiences and all of their smiles and frowns and all that. That's still not them anymore than, you know, when, you know, you, you, it's like when you shut your computer down or something, it's like it's whatever was in there isn't there now. So I think that's another piece of it that gets left out is it's like also a reminder of like, you're not, that's not maybe the, the sum total of what you are and what you're saying in Gnosticism or what you're saying about this sort of, it's like this idea of remembering or reconnecting and, and in there is so confusing in Christianity. You hear all of this stuff. You're not going to die. You, you know, there is no death. You won't die there. They, this will conquer death. The implication is pretty powerful. 
it's mm -hmm. pretty powerful, isn't it? Because it's saying, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, sure, your body's going to die. Just like you lose glasses or whatever. But when you lose your glasses, are you like, oh, my God, my glasses are gone. <laughs> or when you lose this thing or that thing, you know, or even I think another way I like to think of it is like when I wake from a dream, like you were saying, when I wake from a dream where I've been hanging out with my mom, it's a different kind of feeling. But if I wake, sometimes I have dreams where I'm having a very vivid, very powerful, sometimes very romantic relationship with someone I've never met. Right. And then I wake and I, it's not like I'm going to a counselor and I'm like, Oh my God, I was in my dream. I was married to this beautiful person. And now they're, I, I don't know what to do. I'm grieving. It's like, well, oh, that's a weird dream. Go make some <laughs> coffee. You know what I mean? So maybe is that, is, is it, is it some version of that that Jesus was talking about or that the mystics are talking about some, it's like, of course, right now we're so absorbed into this, you know, reality uh, where we have this body and we have like a, a family and we, and we love them and there's love or we don't, hopefully you do. But um, is there much of a difference between this experience now and all the other moments in our lives where we had these experiences? You know, when I was in, God, I'll tell you something embarrassing. When I was in high school, I was so attached to being in high school, even though I kind of hated it. At one point, I got all sentimental and I told a friend, you know what? I'm going to become a teacher here mm -hmm. so I don't have to leave. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> West Henderson High School? Really? That was what you're going to do? You're so attached to your high school? The Falcons, they're great and all, but I mean, maybe you, we can do a little bit more yeah. than just teach at the high school we went to. But then I look, think back to like summer camp when I was there past loves that I've had in the midst of that, that I experienced such connection and attachment. But now looking back, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm glad I'm where I'm at now. That's that <laughs> that's over now. So why would that stop? Why would that stop just because the physical body died? If, you mm -hmm. know, so maybe that's what Jesus meant is there's a wider reality here that isn't limited to the physical form and that, uh, but something about this life that we're in requires these bookmarks, this birth and death thing to actuate the experience, to make it the, to make it as powerful and impactful and soul evolving as it seems to be. Mm, beautifully said. Yeah. And it was also Socrates who said that uh, philosophy is just preparing for death. And uh, as we talked in on your show, yeah, the, the Gnostics said, you must be resurrected before you die. That's the whole, you know, they were wrong. Jesus, actually, that was his, actually his message to become Christ while you are in the flesh. Yeah. So I think, uh, and in the Gospel of Thomas, it always says, yeah, it's the kingdom of God is spread all around, but men do not see it. So get yourself in the state where the veil is lifted and you see reality for what it is, which is the all, everything. So uh, It makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done. I mean, uh, and do you think I used to like kind of when i'd read about buddhist skandhas i'm like ah oh, well mm. this is terrible because no there has to be an authentic miguel or duncan yeah. but the older i get the more i realize i don't think there is an authentic person we're all just this mixture of like you know complexes shadow material personas trauma 
Yeah. But it's also, but it's very liberating because that makes me want to go deeper into, you know, I think Buddhism and Gnosticism want to find the authentic self, but they know we might never know it, just experience it briefly. But the rest of what we are is just a whole bunch of bullshit and it's, uh, it's liberating. <laughs> I, well, it depends on what day you're like listening or reading a discourse on the skandhas, right? Like, if, like <laughs> it just depends. Like sometimes you're listening to the skandhas and you're like, thank God, this is not who I am. But sometimes you're like, no, stop. Oh, me hold on. Let me, 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 me. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I like, I think that's, uh, when you get into the really deep Buddhist philosophy and it starts sort of surgically, just, just the identification of the skandhas alone can be enough to create for some people a sense of vertigo, you know? But, mm -hmm. and, and I, I heard Jack Kornfield say, like, it's the first thing that they asked him when he became a monk was where are you in your body? Where you know just that alone? Where are you? Where are you in your body? Are you in your legs? In your head? In your heart? Where Where is the you? And then, um, and then suddenly, when you ask yourself that question, it's fun because you kind of find yourself in the weird. Like it's almost like you're those on one of those ghost, ghost hunter shows, but yeah. it's your own self, and you're looking around for this thing that you've just assumed. Well, it must. There must be a me somewhere. There must be a. Uh, a me and there is a me i mean this is also in buddhism like there's uh my teacher talks about relative reality uh which is there is a me in relative reality clearly there's a you and a me and uh we have our lives and our karma and all of that and i think sometimes people in getting into the skandhas or getting into the sort of you know absolute reality of the sure you're a self yeah you have an identity in the same way like a molecule of water exists in the ocean mm -hmm. you know but no one's like look at that great molecule of water in that wave they're like you know <laughs> wow. ripple in the pond <laughs> oh my god do you see that special ripple that's a very special ripple good job ripple you're gonna get a, you're gonna get the award for the best ripple uh um you know so so I think that's an important aspect of it is like we have to acknowledge relative reality. Otherwise, spiritual bypass can happen. You start disassociating mm -hmm. as an attempt to get out of where you are. The the I think the enumeration of the skandhas is more of a meant to be a kind of liberating thing, you know, because at some point you're like, Jesus fucking Christ. I just am so <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on. Really? <laughs> Like when I'm getting all jealous, when I'm like looking at someone's tweet or something or like getting jealous over some petty shit and I'm like, you know, I'm getting jealous of like Bo Burnham's special or something. It's like, really? <laughs> really? That's where we're at right now? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> all my life I came to this point to be petty. This is it. This yeah. is it. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, but, 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 you know, I think part of it is it's like, yeah, that's where you're at. That's okay. That's where you're at, dude. But just that's not the only thing you are. It's just this is the way your sort of your karma is is manifesting at this moment. So there's, it's, I think the point is liberation um, from an an identification with something that is like much smaller than 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 you, you know. Mm -hmm. And 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 that that that's useful that's useful if you're wanting to you know 
interact with reality where we're at right now. We have to have a, a body and a self. But then also it's like it can become incredibly, you know, it becomes a prison. Mm-hmm. It becomes a prison. So maybe the skandhas are a, a, the beginning of like, okay, let's map the prison out. We don't even have to talk about escaping for the damn thing, but let's just <laughs> let's come up with a, a blueprint of this thing that we're in. And then somehow in that mapping, suddenly you realize, well, I'm not the, I'm the, well, if I'm the prison, I, if I'm the prison, then wait. I'm not right. the prison. I'm the observer of the prison. And then suddenly somewhere in there, something can, ha- a shift can happen, at least temporarily, you know, or, or it was a temporary shift for me thus far. I've, yeah. I'm, I always go back to my cozy prison. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking for some reason uh, a mixture of Super Trams, the logical song. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Who I am, who I am in the Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption. The guy slowly breaking down the wall, so... Yeah. Good. I think those are pretty good metaphors. And what about uh, the idea of evil? Where are you in understanding evil or suffering these days? I know we talked about agnosticism, a, a cosmic fall. There's possibility of ontological evil. There are negative forms of consciousness yeah. out there that don't want to. Be. I know in Buddhism, there are such things as hells, but they're more forget. For purgation, yes, they're not; they're temporary, kind of like we talked about. Again, we go back to Jacob's ladder; those demons are helping you prune the bullshit. Well, I mean, the Buddhist hells, you know, yeah, they're temporary, but they're like uh, There's a lot of them. I too. wouldn't call them that fucking temporary. I mean, they're like, you know what I mean? They're a lot longer than a human life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a human life is far more fleeting than some of the the Buddhist hell realms. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's so important to not shy away from the contemplation of, of evil and suffering. I don't know why, like, to really start, like, don't do the, like, we have to, like, you know, part of Buddhism is that, like, you're supposed to really question everything. You're not supposed mm. to look away from all the hard, it's okay to, like, peer into the eye of the thing as you see it and then recoil and then say, I don't know why that's here, but I think it's here. And that could be, you know what I mean? That could be enough. Don't just don't look away. Like, like, yes, there, there are horrible people in this world who are actively doing 
horrible fucking things. And 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 and, and people are sentient. It's not like a hurricane or some shit. It's like there's a sentience to these people. Jesus Christ, you watch these documentaries on serial killers. Like, fuck, man. Like, what was the, there was a great documentary that just came out about, I think it was Richard Ramirez or one of these guys who like, he was clearly a demon. The guy who escaped from prison, he like escapes from prison and just goes bounding up into the forest. Like, it's like, he's like jumps from a second story. The story is, is insane. And you realize like, oh, he's that's there's a demon in that person who's like giving him some kind of cities or something like that. I'm only saying that because in the past, I've liked to imagine that there was an evil, you know, it's a, some misperception or something like that. Or And I'm really legitimately confused by it. And I don't have, I don't understand the math there. You know, I, 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 I don't know the math. I, 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 I sometimes I think, well, what do we do here? Do I go like book of Job and like, you know what I mean? Where God is like saying to Job, like, what are you going to, you you going to fucking give me notes? <laughs> you want to give me notes? I made whales, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. You know? Yeah, but yeah. then what is that? And isn't that some like metaphysical version of the philosophical fallacy appeal to authority? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so what? You fucking made whales. Guess what else? You also made pedophiles. You know what I mean? Yeah, whales, great. They're great, but also Dahmer. Hey, what? Yeah, and yeah. so so then I think within that, the way people try to work out the math is something to do with free will. They're like, well, great. Well, what? You know, okay. So what did you, what would you like? Would you like me to just like control everything you do completely? So every act is perfect, you know, somewhere in there, you know what I mean? So it's like somewhere in there, the question gets asked, uh, okay, maybe it's a false choice between like, all right, do you want to have autonomy in your own life? Or do you want there, do you want to have, do you want to have, do you want there to be autonomy? And then you have the possibility of doing some of the most horrible things anyone can do in, in reality. Or would you rather me just put you on, you know, give you some fucking code and run you around like a ro- a holy robot? What do you want? You know, what's the option here? So I don't know. They, I don't know about evil. I don't understand it. I wish it wasn't there. And I, I try to avoid it in my own life as, as much as possible. I, I like to, when I look at times that I have done rotten things, have said horrible things to people, or have made bad decisions that have negatively impacted people in my life, I know that, like, there wasn't, there was a fogginess to it. You know what I mean? I didn't, I wasn't trying to hurt anybody. I was just being selfish. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, you know what I mean? I wasn't like intentionally trying to like damage anybody, but I was scared and I didn't know what to do or I was angry or I was backed into a corner. And I, I, so you know what I mean? Like it, when I look back and I'm not, I don't think that's an excuse. It certainly is an excuse if you, if like, if a, you're not like, if, if you fucking like, do a anything rotten and tell a judge, well, you know, I was backed into a fucking corner. I had no choice. I was out of money. I needed Oxycontin. So I robbed the fucking bank. You know, there was no, the judge is like, yeah, well, you're still going to jail. I'm not, you know what I mean? But, but, but I think there is something to be said for, you know, as above, so below. If you want to understand why people do rotten things, just look at the worst thing you've ever done. Study the state of consciousness you were in when you did that. And then imagine probably other people in the world doing rotten things they might be have been in a similar state of consciousness 
as opposed to just waking up in the morning, picking up the, you know, evil scientist cat, looking at a map and figuring out where the next place they wanted to shit disturb was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think you hit it on the head about fear. I mean, I hate to say this, but Yoda was so right. All anger is fear. And then I, I believe all fear that makes us do these wrong actions is because we want to control something and our wanting of control, our relationships, our children. I don't want my child to go this too far. I want the government to go this way. It comes down to not wanting to die as strange as it sounds. I think it's fear and death is that, that great quote in fight club where Tyler Durden tells the protagonist first, you have to know, not fear that somebody are you going to die for the greatest experience he's ever had a near life experience as he calls it. So yeah, I think, and some, and I think, I hate to say this and be banal, but I think a lot of it is just uh, childhood trauma. I think the world traumatizes as a child and we're just trying to play catch up to it. Yeah. Well, I'm, mean, yeah. And you know what? The Speaking of Fight Club, let's follow that lineage, which is uh, Chuck Palahniuk. That's how you say his name, right? Palahniuk. That's the author of Fight Palahniuk. Club. Yeah, yeah. Palahniuk. Yeah. Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk. Palahniuk. He... Palahniuk. So he was a member of the Cacophony Society. Have you heard of the Cacophony Society? No, no. So in San Francisco, there was a thing called the, I believe it was called the Suicide Club or something like that. But essentially, like it was a, I guess you could call it an artist collective. And the initiation for that artist collective was prepare your things as though you're going to die. So mm. in other words, get your shit and your life together, write your will, get your filing done, get get your insurance or whatever you need for your family, get the letters written for the people that you're going to write them when you die, prepare, act as though you are going to die tomorrow and then make the preparation for that now. Then the initiation was they would blindfold you and they would walk you. They were into urban exploration, so they would break into places And they would walk. You didn't know where the fuck you were, but they would be holding your hand and they'd say, listen to me. If you take one step to the right, you're going to fall five stories and you're going to die. So you need to just walk with me. It has some weird connection to the mystery schools, the Eleusinian mysteries going down into the darkness. Very similar to that. Three Mason rites where they put you in a coffin. You're dead. It's ego death. Letting go of everything. You let go. Yes, and you know, and I like to think that the difference between the Masonic coffin ritual and the, though I do think in the Masonic ritual there, I don't know for sure. I've only like well, I'm not a Mason, but I'm not. Uh, I've, but I, I've always been fascinated with them. My father was one, but uh, mm. I do think there was like a a, a um a uh, something to do with a gun or getting shot, maybe, or there was some you know induction of like fuck, I am going to die that involves the coffin. I like to think with the suicide club they really were up five stories you know because they're they were that fucking crazy but then at the end of this uh initiation huge party blindfold comes off you did it you and not only that but just from a, a pragmatic perspective everyone should get ready for death don't leave your family fucking hanging what do you think you're apollo or some shit you're definitely gonna die like come on get your will done get your fucking life insurance worked out jesus christ um Anyway, the, the so that mutated into something called the Cacophony Society. Mm. And the Cacophony Society, that 
is what started Burning Man. Burning Man was a ritual connected to the Cacophony Society that kind of like blew out of control. But uh, um, and it's a it's a deep philosophy behind this stuff that I don't understand much at all. Something about pataphysical zones and stuff like that. Zone tripping is what they call it. The creation of magical spaces, cacophonous spaces that disrupt the normal flow of society to produce a kind of temporary sort of freedom or harmony among people. And so um, you can read how the fight club is connected to that. And that idea that you just said oh, is a hundred percent connected to the philosophy of the cacophonists as they call themselves their motto being you might already be a member because you don't have to go through <laughs> but they're awesome i mean some of the stuff that like you know that they that they've that they've done has become part of our culture santa con that's mm -hmm. the, the cacophony society they used to do the um what was called the salmon run which is they would dress in salmon suits during the San Francisco marathon. I think it was the San Francisco marathon and run in the opposite direction, of the marathon dressed as salmon. But the whole point was, it's not political. It's not, this is an activism. We are creating intentional cacophonous disruption to produce this amazing space where people come together for a moment and aren't in this. It's you're wrong. No, you're wrong. No, I'm right. No, I'm wrong. Okay, I was wrong. I'm sorry. No, no, it's too late to say you're sorry. It's wrong to tell someone they're too late to say they're sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It like lifts that for a moment and, 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 and produces in the same way sports, maybe you could say, replicate war without the blood. This replicates the moment where there's the earthquake and the building collapses. I don't give a fuck what your political alignment is. We're digging people out of this rubble. You know what I mean? I don't care. I don't give a fuck about your religion. I don't care about your whatever it is, your past. We're working right now because there's kids under this shit. And we're going to get them out. That's where we become human. That's where we become primordial. So anyway, that's, I think, what Fight Club, that was like, the, you can hear that that's in awesome. the story of Fight Club. Yeah, and again, we're going back to Shem Freelander. Uh, today I'm going to die. There is no God. But if you want to live, and it reminds me of the, the Dadis in France, the absurd, where they would disrupt everything. A great lesson because all of us, we get stuck into the habits of the world, and we don't realize how absurd we are and how easy it is to be alive by simply disrupting our habit being afraid of doing th something that makes us afraid every day. I mean, it was Nietzsche who said, uh, for, a, for a man to be alive, he must contemplate suicide. Yeah. I think he's right. Like, I, you know, that feeling like, is this the one? Is this the click? And then you're alive. You are yeah. truly alive. All the bullshit in your life doesn't mean shit. <laughs> that, yeah. It's like some kind of just beautiful, just, just, fucking cold water being thrown in your face man when i got my cancer diagnosis that's the that it was the it was just it was just like it was like oh no you are not a mortal friend the doctor was conveying to me this great truth in the form of you have one of your balls we're gonna have to cut it off yeah. and it, it could, you know and 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 but still you know the the result of that was a, a wake up and i got to become human again because you know 
how can you be a part of being a human is that we die you know you're there's a there in buddhism there's the realm of the gods that's not where we're at we're in the human realm right now and even the gods die but they have much longer lifespans than mm -hmm. humans do the point is yes i think like like disrupting our reality uh inducing that thing that you hear people report upon the diagnosis, upon losing the loved one, upon whatever, where the report is not, I'm destroyed permanently, but I've never felt more alive. Hearing, hearing, you know, you there's a way to do that without having to get sick. There's a mm -hmm. way to do that without having to almost get put in front of a firing squad. There, there's a way to do that without, maybe that's what these initiations are. Maybe that's the idea behind all of them. It's like, yeah. we, we're, we're going to, we can, produce the effect without necessarily having to like you know for, without you having to get radiation therapy ayahuasca does that for me when i used to do with uh, santo daime i'd go down into a living hell with all of my fears and insecurities would be thrown at me a thousand fold and i thought i was dying and then all of a sudden there's that switch and suddenly you're just rising into the sky and it's been a while but uh i'm planning on restarting doing uh ayahuasca soon because i realized like you said it was a mystery school and after it i was a transformed human being but then of course the ego and the programming starts to you yeah. got to keep doing it there's no there's no once one enlightenment or one paul falling off the the, the horse it's uh, you got to put the uh, windshield wiper fluid in your car sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is true that is true so yeah and as we we get to the end i, I was also again i was re-watching the midnight gospel and uh I, of course i had to note that in the second episode clancy turns into braxis the great gnostic god yeah. whose idea was that that was my well that was my idea awesome. that was my idea love what it. i what i loved about it is the person i said i wanted a braxis he thought I said a Braxis. So if you look at that, and may, I don't know if they correct it, but as I remember, it says Braxis. It doesn't <laughs> it does. say, yeah. And the reason is because he thought I said a Braxis. Like there was a thing called not a Braxis. But I love that. Go to the store and buy this God. <laughs> Can I get five Braxises, please? <laughs> How many Braxises Brax. do you have? Yeah. So that that was like a beautiful, which is really cool about doing the Midnight Gospels when you have so many people collaborating accidents like that happen that are really cool and just like whoa yeah let's just leave it braxis that's freaking cool yeah yeah it was a very cool incarnation and my also my i love the takeaway obviously i love uh uh all your guests that were there damien eccles has been on the show and yeah what he says about uh, beethoven's uh purpose of life that to be human is to be divine and then shine the rays back. I was like, that's right. When we talked about Gnosticism, to be fully human, divine is to be fully human and to help others. Being like the Gnostics were the Christian bodhisattvas. They, yeah. To lead the way. So that was a beautiful, uh, beautiful line. And of course, I love Jason Louv. I love all your, your guests. Thank and, you. Uh, the story. But what I thought was fascinating is how visceral and bloody it is and i love this dichotomy where we it's like we know that we're all just meat sacks and all it takes is one wrong turn and we'll be exploding with guts but at the same time we are this 
unique creature that can think metaphorically, abstractly, full of love. So that dichotomy, I thought was, uh, I loved it. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we made it cartoony, bloody, but, you know, <laughs> aside from some like symbolism in it, it was just like we knew that a lot of the material being discussed, it, it was, it's dense, man. And it's like, mm -hmm. we wanted just as, you know, from my own perspective, as, as someone who loves getting stoned, I just wanted a thing where if people wanted to get, get stoned and not, and just tune out this fucking yappy whatever and just watch colors and like cool stuff and chaos, they could do that so that, so that there would be the option between going into the comp. Cause like also when you, when I listen to podcasts as a podcaster, I like to fantasize that people are listening to my podcast. Like they're like seeing some university lecture. It's like, shut the fuck up. People are like, people are doing their own thing, tuning in and out, rolling their eyes. If they're even listening, being like, shut up. What are you even talking about? You're too high today. You shouldn't have done a podcast. You know what I mean? And, and, and so like, I wanted that, I wanted just to give people a way to sort of relax into something that is just silly, but cool looking. And, um, but if they wanted to, you know, jump into like hearing someone like Damien Eccles describing ceremonial magic, mm -hmm. then they could, if they felt like it, you know, that, that, you know, it's like that, keep it light if possible. And that's, you know, that's the idea, right? Is this like, yes, it's dense. It's heavy. This thing that we're in is so, so profoundly powerful and so oh my god i'm gonna die and i'm gonna get rigor mortis and, I'm, <laughs> ah, and all that stuff but if you get too caught up in that side of it you miss all of the other stuff which is frothy and silly and fun and like this is why you know my meditation teacher he likes to point out he's like look at these the the, the you know great buddhist teachers how do they they're smiling like when you see the Dalai Lama you think he's fake smiling up there when he's laughing he's laughing like a kid you think that's that's not a that's not performative laughter and it's not like when he's like serious he becomes serious but there's this there's a a, a true loom there's a true light com coming out of them that I think when we talked a little bit about Gnosticism reminds me of Sophia remind is, you know, reminds me of that divine, the divine light that is that, that, that as, as we mentioned, and when we just talked about it in the book of John, there was a, and I'm mistranslating. I'm sure there was, there was the light and the darkness did not understand it. Yes, yes. Was, you know what I mean? Like Beautiful I think, passage. yeah, yes, yes. That you know, that's there too. We can't just forget that. That's also part of the part of the 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 thing that we're in. Beautifully said. Well, we are at the end, uh, Duncan. I'd like to thank you very much for uh, coming on the show, and I know your information is going to help people find a way to walk through those doors, as uh, I well, like to you. say here. But. Uh, Thank you very much, and good luck with everything, and I look forward to our next chat. Oh, I can't wait. I was going to say, will you come back on my show again, please? Anytime. Just, okay, anytime. Let's, let's keep let's swapping casts. <laughs> let's start our own disgusting. fight club. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast club. <laughs> I love it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.
thing. Our fathers were our models for God. If our fathers bailed, what does that tell you about God? <laughs> Listen to me. You have to consider the possibility that God does not like you. He never wanted you. In all probability, he hates you. It's not the worst thing that can happen. It isn't. We don't need him. We don't agree. Like, like, Fuck damnation, man. Fuck redemption. We are God's unwanted children. So be it. Okay, so, okay. Listen, you can run water over your hand and make it worse, or look at me. Or you can use vinegar to neutralize the burn. Please let me have it, please. First, you have to give up. First, you have to know, not fear, know that someday you're going to die. You don't know how this feels. It's only after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. And there you have it. And some of you might have already guessed that I would have whipped out that scene from Fight Club. Very Gnostic indeed. In fact, I did write an article on the Gnostic themes in Fight Club. Check it out if you can. And I would contend that if you uh, took the scene and wrote it down translated it into ancient Coptic or Greek, put it in the Nag Hammadi library, and then send it back in time, the ancient Gnostics would have said, yeah, baby, this is Gnostic philosophy, blow by blow. Um, of course, as, as some have said, you could say that Fight Club does have, does have very strong Buddhist themes. And, uh, but as Duncan and I talked, uh, there is, uh, there are strong parallels between Buddhism and Gnosticism. And I have done past shows on Aeon Bite making this case. But anyway, what an interview. Duncan is so cool. He brings so many spiritual goodies and a treasure trove of insights uh, wherever he goes. Great to have him on. In fact, we had a 15-minute uh, conversation when uh, once I once I hit the stop button and uh, we uh, stopped recording, but uh, and it was very intense. Um, but for another time, hopefully, we'll pick up our conversations on reality, death, and how to have that near life experience one thing i should have mentioned as we were discussing the eleusinian mysteries is that uh well the eleusinian mysteries uh that mystery school of demeter and persephone the the ritual was very secretive we know nothing really nothing about it uh we do know that it was very open whether you were a slave or a noble uh everybody was invited i think the exception if you were convicted of murder you you just weren't allowed to show up but uh one thing we do know from the eleusinian mysteries is that those who performed this mystery rite they lost their fear of death and basically means they probably embrace life fully. They were in the zone for the rest of their meat sack lives. And, um, but it, but as I mentioned, it was very secretive or was it, uh, one thing, well, let me bring up uh, the church father Hippolytus. He wrote a spanning book called A Refutation of All Heresies. And man, it's a spanning work. He slams or creates polemics against the Celtic Druids, the Chaldeans, the Hindu Brahmins. I mean, everybody. 
of course, one of his victims, if you would, are the Gnostics. Uh, he um, specifically one group he talks about are the Nassines or the serpent Gnostics. They were called Nassines because uh, it is believed that uh, the word Na it's based on the word Nash, Hebrew for serpent. And Hippolytus records their ritual, and he says that they are based very closely on the Eleusinian mysteries. So this is what the serpent Gnostics did, like those who attended the Eleusinian mysteries, to lose their fear of death and, of course, have an experience with higher forms of consciousness and expand their consciousness. I recently did a presentation on the rituals of the Nassines. I broke it all down, and uh, this was in our uh, private and exclusive Finding Hermes program. I don't have time to do it right now here, but if you're interested, please uh, join the program so you can learn about, the well, beyond that, uh, beyond the, the rituals of the Serpent Gnostics, other um, Gnostic rituals, practices, and so forth that are part of that great mysticism of ancient times. But don't worry too much. It's not like you really have to uh, find a way to recreate the uh, mystery schools. I think any good spiritual practice, meditation, and so forth will eventually let you uh, lose your fear of death. And with most of us, our fear of death is unconscious. In fact, most of our fears are a form of control. We want to control things, and when we can't, we, we feel fear, and then it turns into anger. And at the root of all of this is our fear of trying to control life. Let go, as Tyler Durden says, and you'll have a near uh, life experience and you will have, well, you'll see reality more as it is. So a good spiritual practice will help you slowly let go of uh, your desires, your controls, your wants for material thing, emotional things, and so forth. It'll get you again down into that root. Uh, Duncan talked about how the Buddhists would uh, meditate in graveyards and cemeteries so they could again understand the illusion that is death ultimately it's an illusion this reminds me too of how orthodox jews will go to cemeteries and graveyards and they will lay on the tomb of a saint or a wise rabbi why do they do this? Well, whenever they needed courage or they needed to feel better or they were going on some great mission and they just needed uh, to be more whole, more full, or they sometimes they needed answers, they felt that they could get the residue of this uh, wise rabbi or saint and it would, uh, well, it would soak into them. Even more than just a residue, they really felt that the souls of these individuals would fill them like a holy position possession and well again they needed if if they needed courage or something uh, sort of dancing with the dead would help and uh and as uh, we talked about in our interview it's always a good thing to uh, well make yourself a little fearful every day break the routines I'm not talking about like going parachuting every day or something like that, but little things that break the flow of monotonous life. Like, uh, for example, if you're walking down the hall of your work, do the chicken dance or something like that. Sing a silly song outside on the street. Things that will bring you that 
fear, but it will also make you understand your fear and uh, eventually get you closer to life and, in a way, defeat fear. And again, that's the whole point. These mystery religions, the first part, like with the Gnostic uh, Nessenes, was to instill this amazing amount of fear into you, face your fears, your terrors in such a way that eventually, well, they dissipate. They will dissipate because like death, they are an illusion. So anything that helps you let go is a good idea. Lastly, I would say that the greatest tool to get rid of your fear of death or to prepare to die so you can fully live is self-knowledge. That's what the Gnostics contended. That's part of Gnosis. And I'm not, well, I'm not talking about knowing your egoic self. No, I'm talking about going deeper, deeper beyond your cultural conditioning, deeper than uh, the programming of your parents, of your schools, of your churches. Go deeper until you find well, you'll find the part of you that is eternal, that is timeless, that it's always in the moment, that is truly in the stream of life and extends beyond time and space. And uh, I'm sure you've had glimpses and it's one of the most ecstatic feelings ever. So gnosis, self-knowledge is an essential part to become fully human, fully alive, and not, as the Gnostics said, not taste death. And to the Gnostics, ignorance and death, as I've mentioned, uh, it's the same thing. Dissipate that and you are the all. This reminds me, too, of a saying in the Gospel of Thomas, saying number 111. Jesus says, The heavens and the earth will roll up before you. The living who came from the living will know neither fear nor death. For it is said, Whoever has self-knowledge, the world cannot contain them. Cool saying, and that's why we're here. For the world not to contain us, to reach our potential, to go beyond ourselves. And uh, this has been uh, Finding Hermes number 12. It's been exactly a year since I started, more or less. And I feel it's been a success because I have provided alternative ways to deal with mental issues, addiction, and other problems in a time where it seems we are running out of choices uh, so many feel trapped, but in truth, like death, it's an illusion. There's a lot out there, and my guests, like the very cool Duncan, bring these choices, more choices, alternative ways to deal with yourself, with your issues, and alternative ways just to live a good, healthy life. And the feedback has been great, I must say. So um, please support if you can. If not, well... If you have an issue, feel free to always contact me. I'm always there to talk to you. And there's some great shows coming in the future with some great guests. So I hope uh, you continue to allow Hermes help you walk through those doors, the God of the mind. I hope you continue to lay down your cards on the table because you are amazing. And I hope you continue becoming transcendent to the transcendent transcendent to the tra <laughs> there i am in my little poetry screwing up 
transparent to the transcendent so that the world can see you and you can finally see yourself for who you are. A being that is eternal with so much potential, who's just getting started doing so many wonders. Thank you. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.